commence with the word. For in the beginning was the word. And in fact, in the beginning is still the word. So turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is a month of evangelism. Why? Because God would want us to make active soul winning as a part of the theme of this year, the year of revival. God would want you and me to do his assignment here on earth. Jesus left us with a mandate and said, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. The King James says, even so, send I you. Then he said, occupy till I come. In other words, take my place and do what I would have done if I were around. And if you look at the life of Jesus, right from the 8-12, we saw that the man had a focus. He had a mandate. He had a vision. When his foster father, Joseph, and his mother, Mary, had sought for him for three days because they thought that he was with them in the company, genuine back to, you know, their hometown from Jerusalem, and they couldn't find him. When they saw him in the temple, they said, Son, why have you done this to us? At the age of 12, he looked at the foster father and the mother and said, Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? So right from the age 12, we see the man had a vision. He had a mission. He knew his father's business and he was embarking on that. This morning, we said we are talking about receive the ministry of reconciliation. Hallelujah. I know our pastor, our resident pastor taught us on carry your cross daily. The first Sunday of this month is part of the theme for this month, evangelism. And then last Sunday, what was the message? Personalize the gospel. You must go back to the message on Facebook. It's even on our podcast already and I think I shared it. You can go back to some excellence podcast and get the audio and refresh your memory. But today the Lord would want us to talk on receive the ministry of reconciliation. And two words, two key words are in our theme today. Receive and then reconciliation. And even the word ministry. So three key words. Hallelujah. Kindly turn with the Bible with me to 2 Corinthians 5. Let's read. Let me read from verse 14. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. If I'm compelled to go to King James, I hope you permit me, I'll go there. I'm used to the King James Version of this particular chapter, but for purposes of communication, let me read from the New King James. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. Do you agree? Christ died for all. That means all died or all were dead. That is why he had to be our substitute. And here, the death he has to do with spiritual death. We're dead spiritually, disconnected from God, separated from God. We had no connection with God. And then he came as our substitute died for us. Verse 15 says, and he died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves but for him who died for them 
and rose again. How many have heard me say this before that don't die for anybody? Tell your neighbor, never die for anybody. Rather live for the one. Tell somebody, live for the one who died for you. This is the basis of that statement I have been making in this house. Verse 15 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. If you are living in this life and you are not living for a cause, there is no purpose for living. It was, it, it would have been better you were not even born. Especially after you have come to know Christ and you are still living for yourself. That means you don't know your identity. You don't know your bearing. You don't have a reference point. Every child of God has a reference point. I don't know whether I've said it here before, but I have said it in Occupy Till I Come, that book that I wrote so many years ago. And the, one of the sub is reference point. Our reference point is the cross. Say my reference point is the cross. The cross. Until you trace your bearing to the cross. Mm. Sometimes we misbehave, all of us, including myself. Sometimes we go astray. Sometimes we allow the appetites, the temptations, the desires of this life to take our attention and our affection. Sometimes we lose our bearing. But whenever you find yourself stranded, whether in the midst of storms or in the midst of pleasure, remember there's a reference point. Trace mm. your roots to the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. That is where life actually began from. Until you learn from time to time to retrace your steps back to the cross, you can be lost in the midst of everything. You know, can you imagine living this life and you don't know why you are living it means that when God blesses you, that blessing can become a burden. That blessing can even bury you. And if care is not taken, it can take you even to hell. Ah, but how should it be that you are blessed and the blessing now becomes a curse? That is why some people may go through some hardship for a very long time because God knows that he can see. God looks at the end from the beginning. He sees through the curtains of eternity. You are looking at time, but he knows our hearts. He knows our desires. He knows our appetites. He knows that this thing that this brother is looking for, if I should give it to him, chances are that he, it will even take his affection from me forever. So let me withhold it so that he will keep longing for me. After all, that longing will keep you in close relationship with him. And that's it. If your hardship can make you continue to look for God, God prefers that to your comfort. That comfort that can take you to hell. For what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? So whether in pleasure or in hardship, we must always have a reference point. And that reference point is the cross. If you are in hardship, remember the cross paid for it. If you are in plenty, still remember that your bearing is traceable to the cross so that you don't misbehave with a blessing. Hallelujah. Alright. So don't live for yourself. That's what he's saying. But live for the one who died for you and rose again. In fact, when I say receive the ministry of reconciliation, that's where it, be, it begins from. Until you purpose in your heart that I am going to live for the one who died for me, the ministry of reconciliation, we'll read very soon, has been given. 
but you might not have received it. The day you tell yourself that I'm not going to live for myself any longer, it's not going to be about me, but it's going to be about the eternal purposes of God. Everything I do, everything I say, whoever I relate with, wherever I go, must be factored into making sure that the one who died for me, I live for him. The day you make up your mind that way, that day, you have taken upon yourself the ministry of reconciliation. After all, when I say receive the ministry of reconciliation, I am actually looking at the Greek word, lambano. The word receive, not just an English word. You see, the English word is so limited when you say receive, it can mean that you are just there and then they just drop it on you. But I'm talking about going for it. Taking it upon yourself. Like we learned last week Sunday when we said personalize the gospel. It means take it and make it your own. Take it. You decide that I am no longer going to live for myself. Everything that I do must reflect Jesus and must be to the glory of God. I'm going to live for the one who died for me. In case you are here and somebody disappointed you and you have purpose in your heart that I'm going to die so that Ebeshino Ah, why? What is the meaning of dying so that Ebeshino be? What is that price? Don't die for anybody. Hallelujah. Please tell somebody don't die for anybody. I think it was last week, is that not so? That it was on this one I can say publicly because it's in the public domain it was on news somebody who was looking for his member of parliament and his member of parliament has not given him listen here so he has purpose in his heart right in parliament he was going to hang himself he actually hung something and he was going to throw himself so that when his hair his head goes into the rope and then he would say I'm going to die leave me I'm please had arrested himself I'm going to die leave me leave me I'm going to die I'm going to die I want my MP to hear me if he does not hear me I'm going to kill myself I said what how do you kill yourself because your member of parliament has not given you listening ear are you there please don't die for anybody it's too cheap a life to live Why you say that okay even when you're going through trouble and you think that God has not heard your cry that is not the time for you to give up because don't find fault with God. You will find it very soon. God does not find fault with us. He did not even impute our trespass against us. So how much more you now finding fault with God? It's wrong. Okay, let's go on. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. According to the flesh, full stop. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The King James says he is a new creature. And that is very powerful. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 18 says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Say, God has reconciled me reconciled to, himself me to himself and has given me, and has given me the, ministry the ministry of reconciliation. Of reconciliation. Let's pause there. We'll go to 19, 20, and then 21. God has, you see, personalized the scriptures learn to make what God has said your own. He is talking to all of us, but you must see yourself in the picture. 
All things are of God who has reconciled us to himself. So you put your name and say, all things are of God who has reconciled me to himself. What does it mean to reconcile? In English language, before we even look at the Greek, what does it mean to reconcile? To do what? To get two things to, cor to correspond. To get two things to correspond. That's oh. to reconcile. That's English language. Oh. But the Greek is deeper. Who has another rendering of the meaning of reconciliation? Or oh, to reestablish. To reestablish. That's beautiful. Yes. There's a young man here. Can you give me the microphone, please? I'm seeing you for the first time, right? Thank you for choosing to talk in our house. That's beautiful. To reunite. To reunite. I love that. To reunite. Another one. Come again. To synchronize. Hmm, brofu. Okay. Another one. All right. The Greek says to, to return to favor with. The meaning of that word from the Greek, it means to return to favor with. So, more or less to reunite, that's to return. Is that also to synchronize? To, you said what? What word did you say? To reestablish. Re All of it has to do with go back. So it means that man had some favor with God once upon a time. Please, I want you to get a picture. What God has done and why the verse 17 is there before even the verse 18 we are now looking at. You see, Adam and Eve and the Adamic race had favor with God and they lost it when sin entered Adam's world. But the reconciliation to return to favor with God done by Jesus Christ is more than what Adam and Eve used to have with God. Because more than just we being reconciled to God, he also made us, according to the verse 17, a new creation. Better and superior to the old creation. Please, are you getting the, are you getting the picture? What am I saying? He did not only just reconcile us to himself and make us one with God. To reconcile also means to make one. To make at peace. It's like atonement. Atonement. You understand? He brought us back to himself. To re reunite. To have favor with God. We lost favor with God. But more than just getting back in favor with God, he also produced in us a new species of being. We became a new creation. We became I mean this, this is a creation that has never been known before. He said all things have passed away and behold all things have become new. And he did it through Jesus Christ. And that ministry the word ministry means service. He has given it to us. Say I take that ministry. Sometimes you meet people and to let you know that they are not actually doing the work of God, but they want to do something for showmanship or for public, you know, uh, applause and public recognition. The first thing they want to look out for is that, please, am I an apostle? I hear you're a prophet. Am I an apostle, or a prophet, or evangelist, or pastor, or teacher? Such questions I don't answer. Do you know why? Because that immediately tells me that that person is not going to serve God. He is actually serving himself. He is looking for a name and a title by which he can be recognized or she can be recognized. 
if you have taken the ministry of reconciliation in your service in your work as a minister of god minister means service you will discover whether you are an apostle or a prophet or evangelist or a pastor or a teacher you will discover it doesn't start from i want to know what i'm apostle before i start the work no all of us have been giving in other words we have a mandate to ensure that just as we have come back to favor with god somebody else is reconciled to god somebody else is reunited with god somebody else also gets favor with god in your pursuit of that agenda you will discover whether you are doing it as an apostle or you are doing it as a prophet or as a as an evangelist or pastor or teacher that is when we can categorize that this person is in this office and even that it's not everybody who immediately gets himself set in the office the offices are different from ministry ministry somebody can have a prophetic ministry but not necessarily being a prophet please are you there to be set in an office is a different ball game altogether don't look for that to begin with if you want to do the work of god just serve by first receiving take it he has given but you've got to take what has been given until we take what has been given it remains given but nobody has responded yet god is looking for a people a generation of people who will embrace this work of reconciliation and make it their own you have purpose in your heart that whatever i do whatever i say that is why next week we'll be teaching on be a witness my life will be a witness not because i even went to that office to talk to them but by my example alone i want that brother to christ hallelujah a living epistle next week i'll show you that scripture that you are living epistle some people may not have access to the bible but just by looking at you they can read the bible and they can understand the message of god and receive christ hallelujah please are you there tell you never receive the ministry of reconciliation what have we said so far before i even finish with 19 20 and 21 what we have said so far is that life begins by making the cross our reference point life begins true ministry begins true service with god begins when you have taken upon yourself that from now on i'm no longer going to live for myself whatever i do it must be a factor into the eternal purposes of god whatever i do whoever i relate with wherever i am it should not just be about me if you are building a house you are building it in them in with the mind that one day it shall become a, a place where god's people shall be hosted if you are building a supermarket if you are embarking on a journey travel in and out everything you are doing you have god in your mind first if that is not your pursuit are living for yourself and that kind of living will only have its reward in this life it has no reward eternally so what then did you do remember when we spoke about the judgment seat of christ the bible says that god shall jesus shall look through our works with his eyes that are like unto flame of fire so when you appear before him his eyes will look through your works if your works were for yourself if you're just looking for yourself everything will just burn to ashes Yes, you are in heaven. You have arrived in heaven. But you have nothing to be rewarded with or to be rewarded for. Because the Bible says they entered and their works do follow them. So if your works follow you and your works were just for yourself, they were only for this life, they will burn to ashes when he looks through your works. Nothing. So you are, you are saved. The Bible says just as if by 
you know, fire. You, you just escape with the skin or by the skin of your teeth. You just, you just entered heaven. But there's no reward. There's no crown. There's no throne. You are just there. How can, how, how limited that life is. When all that you labored for only ends in this life and it has no eternal value. But when he looks through your works and they are of gold, of silver, and of precious stone, the Bible says that they shall be refined and they shall be rewarded. Hallelujah. I pray that we will renew our minds and begin to think like the way God thinks. That everything we do, wherever we go, whoever we meet, we will remember that I am not, it is an opportunity for this person if he has not been reconciled to God, to be reconciled to God. And even those who have been reconciled to God, to remind them that, hey, get back in case the person is declining. Like Paul did with the Corinthian church. You will see it as we go on. He was talking to believers, mind you. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. Yet he had a certain attitude let go, let's, let me go on. I don't want to go ahead of the scripture. Verse 19. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Did you hear that? God did not find fault with us. He knew that man had already messed up. There was nothing man was going to do that would please him. There was nothing. He, so he did not impute our trespasses against us. What does that mean? He did not say that, look, you see what you've done? You see, no, God does not look like that. Because originally the sin nature came from Lucifer into Adam. And Adam passed it on through his seed to all his descendants. So in Romans 3, 23, it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So it's not anything you're going to do that will impress God any longer. So why is he now imputing your trespass against you? He's not going to find fault with you. He says, yes, I know you've messed up. You've messed up because you're already a mess. Did you hear that? You are messing up because already you're a mess. The, the engine in you needs to be washed away. The sin nature in you needs to be washed away. Until it's washed away, you continue to be a mess. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not querying you. I am not saying you are wrong. You come. He's calling everyone. Come, come, just come. Just receive the one that became your substitute. He saved you, so he's your savior. And once you confess him as your Lord, I explained it last Sunday and last year also during the message of, you know, uh, what do you call it? the gospel simplified. Once you confess the lordship of Jesus, something dramatic happens. This is what the world has been deprived of understanding. And that is why many people are so working about and they have not been reconciled yet. Once you confess the lordship of Jesus, something happens to the individual. Automatically, their sin nature is washed away. Of course, when you, when you believe, it is washed away. But when you, are, when you confess the lordship of Jesus, you are translated from the kingdom of darkness, in other words, the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous light. Automatically, you are moved from under the lordship of Satan to the lordship of Christ. Listen, this is what the world has been robbed of knowing. Many people are out there, they are doing moral works. They are doing good works. But our good works do not save us. Our good works will only be rewarded after we have entered. But it is salvation that is the ticket to enter. If you don't have salvation, your good works will not follow you. In fact, it will not even be considered in the first place. Are you there, people of God? Many are out there who believe that, okay, I'm doing good works. I'm giving scholarship. I'm blessing a lot of people. I'm helping the orphans. I'm feeding the poor. I go to the street. It is okay to do all these things. But they do not save us. 
What saves anybody is when he believes that I'm a sinner. Why am I a sinner? I'm a sinner because I inherited the sin nature. I have said it here before that sin is not primarily what we do. Sin is primarily who we are. And it is who we are that makes us do what we do. So if you find somebody sinning, don't say, Jai Bonnie, Jai Bonnie, Jai Bonnie. Give him what it takes to Jai Bonnie. Because it is like it is like television or radio. If a radio has not been programmed to give vision, but only sound, it doesn't matter how you knock the radio, it will not give vision, will it? It has been wired to give only sound, but television gives both sound and vision. So, if you are not forcing the radio to operate like a television, will it work? It won't work until you rewire the radio and put the mechanism, the technology that will also make it to be able to give vision. That is when you can say now you are a new creation. You are, you are being transformed from a radio to a television. That's what God did for us. He changed the engine on the inside. And nobody can change that engine except he believes that somebody already became sin for us. We'll see it very soon in verse 21. He carried the sin nature and he received all the punishment we should have received because of that sin nature on himself. Isaiah said when we shall see him, there is no beauty in him that we should desire him. That sin he carried in himself made him so horrible that it was not, it, it was not possible for you to look at him twice. You, you see him say, ah, the Bible said we hid as it were our faces from him. It was so horrible a sight. It was a sin nature that disfigured the man. Have you seen what we did? I said, have you seen what we did? He said, but they did. We did it. We, it was our sin nature. And then he died our death. And then went to hell. We should have gone there. But he went to hell in our name. But glory be to God. Because he did not know sin of his own. He had no sin of his own. His blood was not contaminated. This was the secret. Hallelujah. Look, God had a hidden agenda. He had no sin of his own. Yes, his spirit carried my sin and your sin. But his blood was still stainless. Adam's blood was stained with sin because Adam disobeyed. Adam became a rebel. So he couldn't have saved himself with his own blood. And the law of God is that without the shedding of blood, there is no washing away of sins. So man was hopeless without a savior. Then this man carried my sin. Oh, I love Jesus he died my death and then he went to hell I should have gone to hell but he went to hell in my name and I see that was not enough his blood was that efficacious his blood was that powerful to wash the sin nature and when he removed the sin nature Bible says he was justified in the spirit in other words he was made right in the spirit no more sin and that gave him the upper hand over Satan and so he put his foot on the neck of Satan and took the keys of death and hell and went to the people that were in the righteous compartment of Hades and unlocked them and said, oh yeah, let's go. And he carried them captive, hallelujah. Oh my God. And from that day on, anybody who leaves this earth doesn't go to the Hades compartment under the world where they call it Abraham's bosom, but it goes straight to where our Lord is, heaven, hallelujah. What am I saying? he did all these things to save you and me so if you hear this good news that's why we call it good news what do you have to do he said oh if he saved me then he's my savior I accept him as my savior 
And the day he said, I confess that he is my Lord, immediately the sin nature, okay, that sin nature, you are translated from the lordship of the sin nature. Mind you, Satan is the master of the sin nature. Sin originated from Satan. So he is the first rebel. So, so long as the sin nature has not been washed away, you are still under the lordship of Satan. Can I say that again? Let the whole world hear this one. Maybe you are watching live or you watch this video hereafter. If the sin nature has not been washed away, it doesn't matter who you are in society. You can be the great one in society. You are under the lordship of Satan. I didn't say it. The word says so. The word says so. And so long as you are under the lordship of Satan, when you exit this earth, when you put off this body, you are not going to heaven. You are going to where your Lord is. And your Lord, his place has been defined according to Matthew 25 verse 41. The everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. No human being was destined to go there. Unfortunately, every day, human beings keep walking in blindness and they exit this earth and they find themselves with Satan in hell and from there to the everlasting fire. We must rescue somebody. Hallelujah. You know that song, rescue the perishing, care for the dying. We must rescue the perishing. How come somebody is dying? When was that? Thursday, did I come here? I told you I was praying for somebody. He was, he is almost dying. And this man needs Christ. I was praying for him. I said, say, oh God. He would say, girl, 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 girl. I said, say, oh God. He would say something else. Then I changed from English to Three, I said, I said, he could not pray. What did I say? He could not pray. I was like, God. So his son, who is on the other end of the phone, I had to hand over to him and say, Hey, you've got to ensure that this man receives. Yes, it is true that he has messed up. It is true that he has gone into all kinds of all kinds of living and this is his last minute and he's even begging that they should allow him to go he, he's begging please just allow me to go he wants to die but he didn't know Jesus so he said let's introduce him to Christ at that moment even to say God he couldn't say it even to pray to God he couldn't whether in English or in tree and he's an account and he's educated yet he couldn't speak any one of them look at that moment you could see that Satan has blocked him said this is my soul and somebody needs to be in the background praying for such a person. Other than that, once he exits the body, straight to hell. It's real. Hell is real. Heaven is real. We must rescue the perishing. If you ever knew the value of a soul, you will pay every price to ensure that somebody, even your worst enemy, should not perish. Because the value of that soul is the blood of Jesus. Bible says we were bought with a price, with the precious blood. Nothing else could have bought us back from sin. Nothing. Not Omo, not Ariel, not so clean, not Yas. Did you hear what I said? All the detergents couldn't wash away our sins. But the greatest detergent, the blood, that speaks better things, that blood washed me and washed you and made us white as snow. Let's tell this gospel. Let's receive the ministry of reconciliation. Tell them God is not imputing your trespass against you. He's not finding fault with you. He knows that you only do worse because the, the engine in you is worse. All you need to do is to change the engine. Then one day, the body also will be changed. 
When we shall see him, we shall be like him. But we shall see him as he is. That's the work of transformation. He transforms us from within first. Then ultimately, when Christ shall come, whether dead or alive, Bible says the dead in Christ shall rise first. Some people have wondered. So even if the body is, I mean, cremated, yes, he will rise first. After all, wasn't the body made out of elements? Silicon, the sand, the soil is silicon. So all the elements that make up your body, God knows how to put all the elements together. Just within the twinkle of an eye, he can put all the elements together. Whether your body was drowned in the sea, burned to ashes, you put all the elements together. Even the ones that make up your bone, the calcium, you put them together and you become a new person. Flesh and bones. New body, glorified body. And then your spirit that was saved will be planted back into your body. You become a new creature. A body that can appear and disappear. A body that can walk through walls. That's a glorified body. It's an immaterial body. Please. Can we finish the scripture? Alright. Verse 18. Karabaras. Now all things are of God. I think I finished 18 already. Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us or given us the ministry of reconciliation? That is, the God, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He has done what? He has committed the word. Here, he is giving you how the ministry of reconciliation is executed. First, he said ministry, that means service. But here, he says he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. I hope you remember in Romans chapter 10, last week Sunday, we read Romans chapter 10. He said, how shall they hear? He said, somebody preaches. And how shall they preach? He said, they be sent. And we have been sent here. He said, he has given. He said, go. So what are you waiting for? Hallelujah. The word of reconciliation. In other words, until the word is spoken, like I was doing with this man on Thursday, I spoke the word. And now I said, let me lead you to Christ. And it became a battle. I knew spiritually. Automat- I didn't tell you, Pastor Shabu, automatically I knew I was dealing with gods. When we're driving back, I could literally feel what was happening in my body. I said, this is a battle indeed. The man has, has gone deep. I could literally feel. It's as if you want to rescue our own so all the battle was turned against me that evening I, I became sick I'm telling you I never told even my wife I didn't tell anybody but I knew that it was because I dealt with something I am, I am, I am it's like you entered the lion's den and you are plucking their own so it's like hey we'll turn the battle against you what am I saying that is why we pray first and foremost we wrestle not against flesh and blood or this work of salvation is is it's priceless. Somebody pay the price. Ours is to ensure that we take upon ourselves the word of reconciliation with the Holy Spirit leading us. And when he guides the way, we will never be casualties. Hallelujah. He's giving us the word of reconciliation. He has. So it's in your mouth. What I've just said is the word of reconciliation. You must tell somebody to tell another person that you don't need to do anything to save yourself. Somebody already saved you. Believe. Especially if it is preached in the power of the Holy Ghost. Believe. And then, embrace him. Accept him as your savior. Confess him as your Lord. Once upon a time, I told you, when we started this ministry, that once, some years ago, here was this man on 
one of our national televisions, interviewing his sister. And these are children of a reverend minister who was once renowned in this nation. May so rest in peace. And then this brother, or this man, was interviewing his sister. And then he asked her a question that, are you born again? Because these days, the terminology is, you must be born again, you must be born again. Then the sister, these are siblings and children of a reverend minister, a very renowned person in this nation. He said, I, I have heard that they say you have to make some confessions and then believe some things before you can be born again. If that is the case, look at the words of the sister. If that is the case, then some of us will go to hell. Jesus. That day I felt like if there was a possibility, I should punch this one through the television and give her some uppercut so that she will wake up. Do you know that the day you use your tongue to say, if that is the case, some of us will go to hell. Just like this man that I was praying for on Thursday, I believe that he had gone into some deep covenants. Such people, it's like you sold your soul to Satan. So to rescue them is a battle. Says, why are you taking my property? And so they will, they will even shut your mouth. That's why many times when people are exiting the earth, they become dumb. They can't even talk. They just look at you because at that level, Satan knows that if they have their mouth, they will confess Jesus as Lord. So you will just block their tongue. So I know, I said to myself, this is the day she hears the gospel truly and wants to embrace Christ. If God does not show her mercy, the only thing that will happen is that Satan will just finish her before her time. Yeah, because you use your tongue with the, with the mouth. Bible says with the tongue, man is justified. With the mouth, man is, with the tongue, one is condemned. So once you use your tongue, say, if that is the case, some of us will go to hell. Satan says, ah, he's giving me the key. Let me just take advantage. So he will be policing you, even if it's 50 years, policing you, policing you. Satan will just, he can give you everything that you want, give you. But the day of reconciliation, and you want to say, Jesus is my Lord, that day, shoom, based on your own words, execute you. Say, oh yeah, come and join me in hell. We are going to the everlasting fire together. Meanwhile, we're not destined there. Have you seen what Satan has been doing? He has been winning souls to hell. And from hell, even hell will be cast into the everlasting fire and death. And we are here. We have not taken upon ourselves the ministry, nor the word of reconciliation. We have the message. My world may not be your world, but everybody has a world. He said, go ye into all the world. Your world may be your office. I can come to your office and come and preach to your staff, can I? But that's your world. That's your world. Even if the policy in the office is such that, because there are some places I noticed, I went to a public place. I won't mention the place. And I noticed that no preaching here except you have the valid certified whatever from whatever. I look at it, that's okay, that's beautiful. So if you're in an environment where they have given the law that you cannot preach here, obey the law. But even in obeying the law, you may not preach, but your life can preach. Your conduct can preach. That is what I mean by be a witness. Next week we'll talk about it. Because it's not every time you can have the opportunity to talk. But your life can talk. May your lifestyle talk. Hallelujah. And win somebody for Jesus. Let me read the scriptures and finish so that we can continue with our assignments. Look at verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. The question is, who are the we here? Before we finish this verse, who are the we here is Paul is referring to? We? Are you sure? 
Hey, hey. It's not true. Who, who, who was Paul talking to? Who was Paul talking to? Okay, in context, who was he addressing? Was it not the Corinthian church? Were they un unbelievers or they were believers? They were believers, alright? And he was talking to, this is a believer talking to another believer. Then he says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Now let's find out whether he was referring to him and the Corinthian church or he and some people. Then he said, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He was talking to believers who, what did Paul mean by that? Can I tell you, this is the crux of the message today. The people that have taken God's mandate upon themselves, who are not living for themselves, who are living for a cause, who are living for Christ, not for themselves, the people who have received the ministry of reconciliation, they are the ambassadors. And those ambassadors, ambassadors are now imploring, they are pleading as though Christ was pleading through them that the others, you to be reconciled, embrace this assignment. So, yes, we are all believers, but all of us are ambassadors. The day you start living for a cause, that is when you become an ambassador, a representative. Who is an ambassador? Have you seen an ambassador who has been sent to another nation and he goes there and starts doing business? Can they do that? I mean, you just go to town. You say, I'm going to look for which machines and buy. So, for some scrap and then send it now to Ghana or you look for some what, what, what kind of business do people go outside to go and do or you go and do some cleaning in some hospital an ambassador sent to a nation then he said I'm going to look for a cleaning job I learned that you know this is when you go and learn some nursing and then you do a nursing job so I'm going to go and do some nursing and specialize in an area ambassador sent on a mission and doing something else so the day you choose to do your own thing you are not an ambassador Never you deceive yourself and say that we are ambassadors. It's not true. It is those who have taken God's mandate as their own. Those who are living for a cause, not for themselves. Those who are living for Christ. Those who have taken and received the ministry of reconciliation. They are the ambassadors. And he was not even talking to unbelievers. He was pleading with the others. Be reconciled to God. In other words, get back to the original assignment. Don't live for yourself. Don't live for nothing. Live for a cause. Hallelujah. And then the verse 21 concludes our message. The, the King James version is what I have in my mind. I'm reading New King James. But the King James says that now, he said, for he has made him, Christ Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God has made him. He's not going to make. He has made Christ not a sinner. He has made him to be sin for us. Why did he say sin? Because curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. When the man hung on that tree, he carried into his spirit all the sin nature of humankind from Adam, the first Adam to the last but one Adam who is not yet born. Did you hear that? In other words, even before somebody is born, Christ has already carried the person's sin because he died as a last Adam. Someone say, but how is that possible? Because he did it through the eternal spirit. Bible says he offered himself through the eternal spirit. Meaning what he did for, is for eternal generations, including those who are not yet born. So even before somebody is born, you must know that the person's sin has already been paid for. 
But if the person leaves and never believes that and never accepts that, he will still go and pay for his own sins. This is the gospel. Hallelujah. He has made him to be sin for us. The one who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Get a picture. The picture he's giving us here is that the engine, I, I like to use things that we can relate to so you can get it better. The engine has been changed. Hallelujah. The body may still be the same. It may still look like that old rickety, you know, car. And yet, brand new engine. And one of these days, if you will stay in the faith, the body will also change. He has changed the engine. That is what he means by he has made him to be sent. He took the old engine and replaced it with a new engine. The life of God, the nature of God. He made us the righteousness. In other words, you have what it takes to do right. When you are in Christ, he gives you what it takes to do right. So if you have what it takes to do right and you do wrong, that's why he can judge you. Please, are you here? May God give us understanding. May God give us a hearing heart that will give us a strong desire and then a strong drive to take this ministry of reconciliation, to receive the ministry of reconciliation because it is only then that you and I can call ourselves ambassadors for Christ. Never go about saying I'm an ambassador for Christ. Once you're an ambassador, we will know by your mission. But if you're embarking on your personal mission, selfish aggrandizement, where you are living for yourself, you are hoarding treasures on earth, but it has no reference to the cross, nor to eternity, it is not, it's nothing before God. Hallelujah. Can I give opportunity to anybody here, perhaps it's your first time, like I did last Sunday, you might have heard the gospel in between as I'm talking and you have not embraced this gospel yet. You have not believed this gospel yet. You, you, are you waiting till the last minute? Like this man I'm talking about? Are you waiting? Where you don't even have the mouth and such people, the only thing they are looking for now is time. Just give me time. But even in this man's case, the things were so much that he is pleading that just let me go. What was holding him from going? Hallelujah. In other words, sometimes some people's torment start from this life. Yeah. Even before you step into hell, they have started tormenting you. So just let me go. Thinking that when they go, they will be free. In fact, that's when you will actually meet the real suffering. And forever. Can I give that opportunity to anybody here? Maybe you have been living for yourself. You don't have any reference to the cross. You don't have a reference point. You're just living for yourself. And life is all about you. And what you will eat and what you will drink. If you are here like that, can you come to me? I can lead you to Christ. I'm here as an ambassador for Christ. Pleading as though Christ was pleading through me that be reconciled to God. Anybody here like that? Don't feel shy. This is the best opportunity. Well, 